0: I'm in this relationship that I don't like, but I just stay in it because it doesn't hurt bad enough. Mm. I'm in a job I can't stand, but you know it doesn't hurt bad enough. I'm living a life that I'm not in love with, right? But it doesn't hurt bad enough.
1: We are mentally great. I'm your host, FLB, and our mission it's to unleash your potential. We are welcoming today a very special guest. Before becoming an NFL superstar, an American ninja warrior, and a thriving entrepreneur, he had to face many difficult obstacles. He was given up to foster care at the age of three, where he was tortured, beaten, and starved. He was adopted by a poor all-white family at the age of 14, becoming soon after a teen parent. By the age of 25, he was playing professionally in the NFL, had a loving family, and a bright future ahead of him. But a devastating injury ended his NFL career. He now aims to inspire, coach, and positively impact the world. Anthony Trucks, welcome to MG Talk. Hey man thanks for having me I feel I feel special I, I gotta give you a little bit of, here we go
0: <laughs> great introduction man. I
1: With love it. that I love that bro the thing of the thing about you is that your story it's it's fucking crazy it's literally yeah. crazy how, how you just went from one situation where the odds were against you to then flip it around and become who you are today and achieve what you did. That is just fucking crazy. Tell me more about the process. How was, what was your mindset when you were in in that negative situation where the odds were not with you?
0: I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's crazy. A part of it is, it was just normalcy. Mm-hmm. I think when you get into those funky places, you get used to those funky places. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not things where you're even thinking about like, oh, this sucks, it just sucks. And it happened at a bunch of different ages, man. I had it happen as a kid when I was, you know, young, like three, four years old, it started out. And throughout life you just kind of just surviving and unfortunately uh when you're in survival mode you don't care about what you're doing and what you're saying and who you're seeing and so you end up doing Mm. things that you regret it just it turns into you having to to pick the pieces up later on so my mentality when i was in those places man was it sucked wasn't a fan of it and unfortunately what we end up doing typically is uh is we will do things to to give retribution back to the world the way the world deserves it from my pain right and so we, we we get into trouble, man. You start robbing the world, literally physically and literally robbing mm-hmm. the world. You start causing problems. You just, it's a lot of chaos. It's why if you go to a prison in America, any prison in America, seventy-five percent of the inmates are former foster kids like me. They've all gone through this this gamut of crazy. And so what ends up happening, man, is we just uh, we try to navigate what's going on a little bit better than if we can, but it just it just gets tough, and we fall by the wayside. So the mentality is, I'm gonna give back to the world. The way the world you know did me wrong and then eventually uh, those who are smart and figure it out man the mentality turns into like i don't want to feel this way because the problem is what you have inside of you is what you, you give out to the world and when you give it to the world it gives you more of it so if i'm angry i give the world anger i get more anger back i got more anger inside and and when you start turning the lights on and figuring out like ah that's not a good way to live i don't like the outcome of that that's when you start making adjustments that's when things start changing and so At one point I was like, dude, I I don't want my life to be funky and dark and and crappy like this. So I'm gonna do something different. And the more that you put time and effort in, the more you get a return of a better life. And so all the things you hear me that I've achieved, they were achieved because I had this desire to not feel the way I felt from the past. It was a desire to operate vastly different because I knew this, and this is what I guarantee anybody listening right now. There is no guarantee that your hard work will give you something. There's a small chance your hard work will return however 100 percent guarantee that if you do nothing you get nothing this is it if you 100 guarantee if you get angry you do you do no work no one's gonna give you a million dollars or a better body or a great spouse or girl or boy in your life the, no one's gonna give you that right you got to go and do certain things to earn it there's no guarantee but wouldn't you like to go with the better odds if i'm going to, if i'm going to the casino man i want to go where the better odds are at the better odds to put work in so find a way to start working that was the mentality i don't want this i want more I got to do
1: more. 100%. I love that. I love the fact that how you just flip the situation is just fucking crazy. It's crazy how someone that wasn't as privileged as everyone else, that that didn't have the resources as normal um, privileged kids have, and to just flip that situation around, it takes a very kind of upgraded mindset a mindset of a winner a mindset of a person that never gives up no matter what and since you were a young child if you look back right now would you say that all the things all the negative things that you had to go through in your life the hardships the failures the obstacles would you say that these things were negative or positive
0: Oh, man, they're negative in the time, but you make them positive. That's kind of the thing, right? So what ends up happening is you typically have things that happen and they suck. They're negative things. These are not fun. I didn't desire to be put into foster care. I did not want to be, you know, beaten and starved and tortured. I didn't want, you know, my mom to ruin my life as a kid. Like, I didn't want that stuff. However, I appreciate it all because the truth of the matter is the statement that I love and the statement is a smooth sea makes not a skilled sailor. So, if you want to learn to sail, the the crazy seas of life, if you've never experienced hardship, well, whenever you go out there and you're the captain of the ship now, if you can't navigate that, everything goes down. There's more responsibilities, right? When I'm a kid, I'm navigating the hardships, but I got like, I'm not the captain. I'm like the, the ensign, or I'm like one of the, the swabbing the deck dudes, right? There's somebody else leading like mom and dad are leading. So, what I say is like, as a kid, I got to navigate the hard seas. I got to figure out how to do it when I did not have a ton of responsibility and then as I got older because I'd gone through emotional things that were difficult and stressful and I had to deal with craziness as a kid I can deal with craziness now and it's not an issue what would shut somebody down for a month or two months with their life I'll give you like an hour and I'm on to the next thing and that's the game-changer for me so they were negative things I made them positive simply by going alright let me get through this let me learn this lesson. Let me figure out what's going on with this. And then from that position forward, now I'm going to a stance of like, I don't get stuck by this, what can I go do now? When everybody else is getting stuck in that glue, like I'm walking through, right? That's the difference, that's the benefit. That's how those things that were sucky became beneficial because I got, I'm got, i good at sailing the seas now, man. You throw a storm my way, like I'm chill. I'm, I'm sipping tea on the, on the ship about to capsize while everybody else is jumping off board.
1: You're sipping tea on the Titanic. Yeah, hanging oh, out, dude. It, it, the, you know what your story reminds me of? I saw a study of basically a bunch of scientists. They, they were testing out how a tree grows. And basically what they did is on an area of dirt, they put on a shell. They put on the shell and just planted the tree, watched it grow, grow, and grow. But then it would collapse. And they watched it one time, two times, three times, and every single time after a week, it would collapse get up collapse Mm -hmm. and then what they realized is that there was no wind so how would they how would the tree build the foundation how would the tree adapt and that's why your story I related to so much to that because you you you've been through the wind you got all the wind thrown at you you got all those problems all those hardships failures obstacles but Mm -hmm. that wind made you who you are today that wind Mm -hmm build up your character that wind build up your resilience persistence and consistency and without the wind you wouldn't be who you are today so i think that every single seemingly obstacle that you see in the like in the present when you're having it when you look back at it you say that was truly a blessing because like personally in my life that's what happened and for you like when the thing happened what was like your immediate reaction like what why is that ha- why is this happening to me or was it like something else i want to get out of this
0: yeah you're, you're asking the question what was it at the time yeah yeah I mean, at the time it's uh it's, yeah it's just discomfort you just don't like it you, mm. you, and most of the time people don't have things that move them enough or are uncomfortable enough to move right there's this story about a farmer and and this was i uh, had a podcast and a woman shared this story and i love the story because it makes sense and so it says this guy, you know, walks up to a farmer asking for directions and he's walking up and he hears this noise, like a weird kind of noise. And as he gets closer, he realizes that the farmer on the rocking chair is a dog laying next to him. It's making this moaning like uh, noise. Right. And so the farmer's rocking and the guys look at the dog and he looks at the farmer. And says, hey, do you know how to get to the, the corner store? Yeah. You go up on here and you make a lift up there and you take a little, you know, you'll find that little corner store there. And he goes, okay. And the dog the whole time. Uh, okay so i just go up here uh, yeah yeah you go up on here okay uh, okay i can't what's with the dog why is the dog making this noise he goes oh he's sitting on a nail well, he, why i want to get off the nail and he goes i guess just doesn't hurt him bad enough
1: mm.
0: right Shit. so we all have these nails in life and sometimes we just deal with them like i'm in this relationship that i don't like but i just stay in it because it doesn't hurt bad enough mm. i'm in a job i can't stand but you know I, I don't hurt bad enough i'm living a life that i'm not in love with right but i don't hurt bad enough So what you do is you stay there and you miss out on everything else in life and you just deal with this nail and so the reality is people got to get to the point where the nail hurts enough to start moving and when you get to that point it starts to change the game a little bit for you and the more you do these things the more you make adjustments the more you start realizing like not only am i able to get off of this nail now right but there's so much more life to be lived because that dog can get off the nail and go find like you know a a cool little field to go running or it can find a treat or you know it can pick up a cool t-bone but it's stuck in the nail dealing with the pain of the nail. And so in those moments you're asking, what do we do? I think for me, one of the things I just don't, I don't like being on nails, man. I don't like, I don't like enduring if I don't have to endure. There's some things I have to endure because I know the bright side of what takes place. But if I don't have to, I'm not going to. And I think most people should have a similar mentality.
1: Would you say that you removed all the nails of the past traumas, the past um, hardships that you had to feel?
0: Yeah, I would think so. I think to be totally honest, there's, for me, uh, there's a lot of things I didn't navigate, a lot of hard, different moments, hard conversations, hard relationships that I had to take care of. And what I ended up doing, yes, was getting to a point of saying, all right. I am, uh, I am done dealing with this stuff. There's a lot of nails. I'm gonna get off the nails. And so I had, I had the conversations. I ended the relationships. I ended the, the, you know, integrations that I had with certain business. I just got rid of these things that didn't bring, uh, positivity to me. And it sounds, it sounds like, you know, very spiritual. It's not, here's why. At the end of the day, it is and it isn't. At the end of the day, there are certain things that I need to give energy to, have to, whether it's my marriage or my kids or my business. If I have things that are sucking the energy from me, I can't give to those things the way I need to. So I have to remove myself or remove those things from me. And if I don't, then I'm, it's kind of like saying, I need to, uh, I'm going in a car, I'm taking a trip across country and I have. I can get there in one tank of gas. Well, if every time I stop the car and I go take a nap, I let the engine run, you're burning gas. So you're gonna, you're gonna crap out before you get to the destination. So people have all these things in their life right now that is burnt. They're sucking up gas idling in the background. They don't need to be there. So go ahead and turn the damn car off. Like stop dealing with that issue and pres- preserve the gas you have. So you can make it to your destination.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like the analogy that you just said, but when I, when I think back a lot of people, they, they, they have traumas, they go through a yeah. rough childhood. They, they go through, um, rape, they go through tragedies getting beat up um violently assaulted and all those things they don't deal with it they just cuz there's always inside of you you keep track there's always that memory of what happened in the past it might not show up directly but it's it's always there so when i read this book this audiobook that basically says a guy he uh, his girlfriend has a has a red car a red toyota yeah and he broke up with her now, every time he sees a red Toyota, he thinks about her and then yeah. he gets that negative emotion. So yes. for you, how did you approach the, the elimination of your traumas? How, did you go through something through, through a process or how, what would you advise someone that has yeah. gone through uh, a trauma and that just wants to free themselves?
0: yeah well tell them uh, your, your brain is, as it is is not equipped to handle it and solve it or else it would have done it already i think that's the kind of the aspect we like to keep these things inside we don't like to expose them to other people or other people's mm-hmm. judgments so we keep it inside mm-hmm. and unfortunately we're not equipped to navigate stuff that well so we need to take it out of our head and, and place it in somebody else's hands to help us make better sense of it so you need to enlist the help of other humans as a big piece of it is, is get help get insight get 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 some kind of you know guidance from a position of someone who's been through this before so you can shorten the curve you have to go through to actually have an outcome you want that's the first piece of it the second piece i think is going to be uh realizing that that it's okay to not be perfect because if you do not give yourself permission to have sucked you do not give yourself permission to improve and the moment you give yourself permission to improve is the moment that things vastly change for your life because now you've given yourself the ability to say you know what i'm not greatness area this happened to me i'm not okay with this i now need to do some work and what's what's great is action and suffering like there, there's everybody has a certain level of suffering let's say for example i'm suffering because i'm starving and hungry well the action to end that is going to be to make some food you know like they got to stop that suffering in my belly same thing for anything else in life is going to be an, an action that will end the suffering of whatever thing has happened to you but what is the action it's not going to be inaction that's the problem the inaction leads to a an inability to have something great, right? So if you have this action towards something, it ends that suffering. And when you can get somebody to give you some insight, you'll find out what those actions should be.
1: There's a lot of people though that are put in that state of inaction because of the trauma. So they're depressed, they're stuck in bed, they can't move, crying all day, going through all those negative emotions that they, that the trauma caused and just feeling stuck. They feel stuck. And we all get through episodes of anxiety, depression, stress, where we literally feel stuck. We feel like, look, today is not the day you feel like shit. And (laughs) you're like, what the, like, you just have all those recurring negative thoughts and it's really hard to get out of it because, because when you get stuck, you're in the cycle you're like, your mind starts talking to you, your mind, that negative voice at the back (laughs) of your mind, you're not good enough. You're what you're not strong, you're not no 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 it starts talking to you. Yeah. I think yeah,
0: that cycles. I'll tell you how, yeah, I yeah. Do.
1: how did yeah. you deal? Did that voice affect you in any way? Like
0: yeah, I me mean, many times in my life, man. That's 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 human. <laughs> Everybody Yeah, has.
1: and the question yeah. basically is how did you deal with it? Like
0: I, I borrowed joy. Uh, from who?
1: <laughs> from, yeah, who? Yeah, from
0: who is a good question. <laughs> that's why I was saying you talk to other people because yeah. I took this life modeling class years ago, and it was this weird guy wandering through the woods. It was very weird. But the concept, I, I like the concept of it. I couldn't tell you his name. It was such a weird dynamic at, at my at my aunt and uncle's church years ago. But what he said is like, you know, everybody has these joy tanks. And unfortunately, when we don't have a, a full tank, we have to borrow that joy from somebody else's tank. This is why, like, we're human beings designed to be in relation with other human beings. It's why we do these connections, these interviews. these It's why people like to be around people, right? Even if you want to go recharge privately, most people are extroverted or introverted extroverted, right? There's there's a little ways around it. However, when you have funk going on, like human connection is our, it's our out. And if you don't have the joy, you need to go around somebody who has more. And that doesn't have to be a, I'm not talking about a therapist all the time. It could be your buddies. It could be your girlfriends. And all you guys choose to do is like, you know what, we're going to put a movie on, we're going to eat some popcorn, we're going to you know, sip on some, take your mind away from it for a moment because you do get in that cycle of what's going on and it gets negative and it gets difficult and it's just heavy and it's weighty. And you can't tell yourself, don't think about it because you're still thinking about not thinking about it. So you're thinking about it. But if I'm around other people, we, we do something else. It pulls my mind away and it takes me somewhere else. and. I think the problem is the the longer you stay, you know, stuck in a problem, the longer you stay stuck in a problem. And when you can get around people that can give you some joy, and all it is, it happens in conversation, a couple giggles to break the smile, a hug, a handshake, a walk in the park, just stories. That that starts to break the cycle mm. You get to a new space. You go, you know, I feel a little bit better. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a run today. You know, I'm gonna go for a walk today. i'm I'm gonna do some push-ups i'm gonna you know call my mom you do something that's an action that that ends that suffering and it may not be a big bold one right now you're not gonna go and you know spill your guts your crazy breakup but it gives you a little bit of a a motivation to do something movement wise to get up and get out and those who are going through depression they they get siloed they tuck away they get in it's just them privately they don't ask for help and lo and behold your brain stays in a cycle and it runs to a dark place And so the biggest thing is I'm telling you, like in those moments, borrow joy from other human beings. I say borrow because at some point when you've borrowed enough, you'll have enough. You can give to somebody else when they need it.
1: Uh hundred For you, first of all, I completely agree. But back in the days with all the trauma you had, did you channel it? into sports, because that's what I usually do when I have stress, yeah. when I'm depressed, I just say, what the fuck? I'm going for a run, man, fuck that. I'm going to train, I'm going to the gym, I'm going. And for you, like, did you channel all that negativity through sports?
0: Yeah, I, I think that there's the the natural thought that I did. I, I, I'm a, I'm supposed to, I believe there probably is a part of me that did. I think it was a great outlet for me. Mm. But I didn't show up to sports like I'm, I had a bad day today, so I'm going to make your day bad. You know, that wasn't the thought for me. I think what it was, it gave me a sense of self-worth that filled the same hole that that anger could have filled. Right, so there's a hole there. Victor Frankl will call it the existential vacuum, right? It's this this you know whole concept of I need a meaning, So I'll fill that hole, that void with stuff. And if I can't find something to fill it, I fill it with stuff that sucks. And so when you have the emptiness and the anger, you fill it with the bad things, you get more of that. But I, I think for sports, it was a great outlet to give me a, a, a kind of platform to feel good about myself to fill that same void and i mean i'm sure there are moments when i had like a bad day or an argument i'd take it out but to be totally honest when i felt funky i didn't feel like doing workouts it's mm-hmm. odd i if anything when i'm in a bad funky mood i don't want to do any i just want to sit down and shut up you know i'll go talk to people but i'm not trying to work out and some people mm-hmm. are different i'm not saying i'm good or bad or right or wrong i just Sports for me wasn't this, you know, I'm going to make up for my life by harnessing my anger into this area. However, I am a hundred percent sure in some way or another, it did give me an outlet that allowed that energy to dissipate. But I I was more focused on doing great to get praised, to feel good, as opposed to going and and giving you my anger and and hurting you to make me feel good.
1: Mm, A lot of people fill that void with drugs, with alcohol, social media and all those negative things just to feel that feeling of look uh i am i am important i am worthy i i they just define yeah. themselves with external things and most of the time it's either with objects opinions outcomes and those three if you depend too much on them it can literally affect your life on a whole different level if one of those three don't go your way, you feel yeah. like shit. And yeah. that's how I used to be, man. And it's fucking, I just let go. When yeah. you let go, it's a crazy feeling for you. Like, yeah. for crazy. example, you had yeah. to let go a hundred percent. How did that process happen though? Cause it's a bit hard, like going through what you went through. If I put yeah. myself in your situation, I would I would have like a hard time letting yeah. go. Yeah. How did you I do it?
0: it? Yeah, no, I, I get it, dude. I, I'm very, yeah. So. The way that i look at it was uh i guess from my perspective of trying to get on that role was was i wasn't always looking at the anger of it i wasn't always trying to get that i was trying to find a way to make sense of what i could do to overcome it all i wanted i want i've like an overcoming mentality right a perspective of like i'm going to do something great better than most people perceive but i'm not driven by the uh the insights and the, and the viewpoint of other humans all the time so like i do my thing but like i'm not i don't need the rest of the world to validate me i guess is one big piece of it and so i guess when i was going through the funky moments like I, my thing was I didn't I didn't need it to be something that everybody else would do. I needed it to be good for Ant. Internally, I had to feel good with Ant. And when Ant feels good with Ant, like the rest of the world benefits, right? And if I don't feel good inside, like it sucks. But I also am navigating that stuff uh, with a brain for it. I don't like to operate in a ton of emotional spaces. I'll get happy more than I'll get like really angry. But even in those spaces, like I like to stop and think about it. Like I, I will pause my life and wonder like, is this the right way I should be feeling? And if I feel funky, why am i feeling funky what's going on what do i need to do what do i need to change what do i need to own up to like what are the things that you got to be different um different adaptations for how i'm living my life right now so i don't feel like this and that's always been the perspective and it's not easy man i don't know if there's a definitive like special sauce for this uh that i can you know impart upon anybody but i do know that that if i am thinking about my life it's all boiled back to the actions i take whether it's uh, the things i say what i do how i say how i respond to situations And this isn't new information. This is not me saying something that you've never heard before. But unfortunately people hear things and don't do enough with them. They hear it and they're like, ah, okay, it sounds good. And they go right back to doing the exact same thing they do every single day. And it's just, it's, it's idiotic to me. It doesn't make logical sense. All these people you want to be like, tell you the same thing every day. And then you don't go do it. And you wonder why you're not happy. Well, I'm not wondering, I know exactly why it's because you're not doing what needs to be done because you don't feel comfortable. You don't, you don't believe it or don't trust it. And, and really at the end of the day, it's like, that's just your own internal problem, trying to make sense of being lazy. You're, you're, you're like literally defending your crappy situation with it in action. You're, you're making an excuse to not have to do that thing because it might suck or it might be tiring. Yeah, it might, but it also might return everything you're looking
1: for. Yeah. Cause I think the. Truly, I personally think you can't grow if you're not in discomfort. What is your opinion on that?
0: Yeah, it's actually, if you think about crabs, the whole growing in discomfort A mm. crab, whenever mm. it, uh, it needs to grow, it'll, it'll reach the outer limbs of its shell. And so what the crab does, it goes and hides behind a pier and then it'll actually shed the entire exoskeleton, you know, spider tarantulas do the exact same thing. They'll shed the whole exoskeleton and now they can grow into a bigger shell. But the only trigger for them to go and do this is the discomfort in the shell. So at the end of the day, if if you don't have discomfort, you're you're not truly growing. And and it can be some heavy discomfort that is reactive, which means the world changes something underneath you. And it happens a lot. COVID, it's happened a lot. But there's a lot of opportunity for growth, right? Most people who I know that are smart, they they do it proactively. They say, I want to be a better speaker. I'm going to give myself the discomfort of getting on a damn stage. I want to be a better podcast. I'm going to give myself the discomfort of launching a podcast and figuring it out, right? So I I realize that I'm going to have to grow to another level. It's going to take me doing something I don't want to do. That's the discomfort for growth. And those who embrace that and seek that out, when you get normalized to that feeling, you you can't stop us because the thing that scares you stops you. However, the thing that scares me fires me up. So I do the thing and lo and behold, I have the thing. And so if you want to have more things or more, whatever it is, you got to be the kind of person that's on the other side of it, which is, you know, it scares me, but ah, let's go see what's in this. Let me figure it out. You know, the more you do that, the better life comes because then what's, what can be powerful enough to knock you off? If you're able to embrace reactive and proactive things with, with joy, right? What like there's, there's nothing that'll stop you. There could be obviously heavy, hard things, but for the most part, a lot of stuff can be thrown your way and you'll just, man, it just it rolls off your back like a duck. Like, okay, here we go. When you're in that kind of flow for life, dude, life is great.
1: You, you said a lot of people, they, they stop, they, they stop taking action. They mm-hmm. stop working on their dreams. Yeah. They stop trying to achieve their goals because yes. of fear, because of the fear of failure, the yeah. fear of humiliation, the fear of success, the fear of anything will literally stop anyone from achieving anything. Yeah. And how did you deal with fears? Like, how did you overcome them mm-hmm. and how did you get where you are today?
0: uh man they, they uh i think they're part of my life i think when i was a kid they uh they all popped out like everybody else pops out right it's gonna mm-hmm. be something becomes an issue uh with like you know it, it can shut you down mm-hmm. so if it's shutting you down you have to figure out exactly how to be able to fire back up and what happens as a kid when it shuts you down mm-hmm. is you don't have the coping mechanisms right you don't have the abilities to to navigate it so you just kind of go into it and it scares the dog crap out of you and then as you get older You remember those moments you don't press into things a little bit you know kind of bold as you should so you miss Mm -hmm. out on opportunities they pass you by and you're stuck at the the kind of mercy of the fear that lives inside of you Mm -hmm. and then as as you get to the point where i'm at now i started logically understanding more of the fears because you hear people say fail forwards right when you start hearing that concept of fail forward like what does that mean how does that work so I have a unique process i teach people that tells them how to be able to see a fear something they are afraid of as a little bit more unique and difference um, and when you see how it is you can actually unpack what is going on there And when you do that it gives you the lesson that you always hear about that allows you to actually fail forwards and so what happens is you can reframe i call it reframing failures i frame it differently so the thing that scared me in the past that stopped me mm. i now go oh now i can see oh i get it let me go try it again i might fail again but now i see i can i can actually learn the lesson from this and then when i approach a new situation that might scare me i realize you know what even if i do fail i got a process to navigate this differently i got a way i can overcome the thing that might come into the path and now i can do something a little bit different and try it again and now i'm the person that that keeps facing the fears so as a kid like yeah you don't do stuff and you don't try and then as you get older you use you use the same you kind of mechanisms and systems for life your feel for your whole entire life but then you get to a point where you're like oh it's not, I'm not gonna die. I get this. I can navigate, I learned this lesson, let me try it again. And you keep failing, then eventually it's just easy. And you fail less often, you make better choices and then you you have more things you want. Like that's really what it boils down to.
1: If you, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time, would you say that the things that have happened to you, all the things, the negative and the positive, especially the negative, would you have become who you are today? Would you have gone to the NFL? Would you have started your motivational motivational journey? Would you have started your coaching business? Would you have done what you did today if the negative didn't happen?
0: No, not at all. I think you, you have to have those, uh, those C's, man, because everything i run into now it's only possible because i can navigate the hardships as they come that's why a lot of people in my same space aren't capable of doing what i do it's weird to say but like because i i had you know situations as a kid those things made it easier for me to navigate the things that would keep them stuck for a year or years like i i might get hung up on it for like 15 minutes like man nah, and i move on man I, I don't bury it down i navigate it and so the, the sheer fact that I figured out how to do that gave me a definite heads up and a, and a kind of a, a process to move forwards. So I would say, yeah, all those things in the past, like you always hear it made me who I am, but when I say made me who I am, who I am is not this, this idle, stagnant human, who I am is, is a daily who I am being kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, it's literally a concept of every single day I am being. And as I'm being as a verb, it's all because of the things that were part of my life coming forwards. And so when I look at the things that took place, without those aspects, I don't have the thought process, I don't have the experience, I don't have the lack of fear, I don't have the knowledge I have to pursue things. That also creates more more areas to create more opportunities. It's a synergy, right? Because I press into hardships, I learn a lesson, I keep pressing, I have success, I learn better lessons, I apply them, and I'm up here everybody else is down here trying to figure out what I'm doing because they didn't get past the first part of it. And when you can learn that how to get to that next level of your life, man, then it becomes this thing where I genuinely at this point, there are some conversations I can't have because I realize I would have to spend so much time catching you up to be able to understand what I'm saying. It's like a a vastly different language almost. And it's not to say I'm better because it's not a better thing, but, but there are times when I don't have the time or patience to go back and teach you, or even catch you up to speed to get to have the conversation I need to have with you. And all it is, because I realize that you you procrastinate too often. So you never got that, that thing launched. So you don't know this, this area of difficulty I'm talking about because you haven't experienced it yet. Or there's certain knowledge you haven't gathered yet. You didn't read that book the way you said you read that book. Imagine if you have a book report, and we're both gonna show up, and I have the book, and I read the book, and I'm talking, and you show up and you didn't read the book. What are we gonna talk about? You, you didn't read the book, right? So I say that that's kind of how a lot of people live in life. Like I've read the book and there's a lot of people that have read more books than me, but I've read this book to this point We're at the same book report. And you don't even know what's on page five. How can I talk to you about the rest of the book? So you need to kind of go and absorb things, do things, learn some life so that you can actually get that at higher tier. Because when you do, man, that's that's when you start entering the upper echelon. And, and some people think it's all from information I consume and books I buy. And it's not it, there's so much. I would honestly venture to say that over 50 percent of the information people need to be successful is not written in the book you you've bought or the course you've taken you're learning it you're going to learn it other 50 percent on the pathway of applying it that's where the true information comes that's where the knowledge to win comes from it's not in the book it's not it's, they'll give you strategies but there's so many nuances tucked inside of that that you've got to be you got to go down that path to extract them
1: yeah, and it's, all, it's also your personal life. It's it's depending on your history, what happened in your life, the experiences you had, and that all affects the route you take. That affects the obstacles, how you deal yeah. with them. And the thing, the thing about you is that I wanna ask you a quick question. With all the things you had, did you have to go through a spiritual awakening or a spiritual journey to then get rid of all the You're things gonna... that happened in the past?
0: yeah there's a journey to it all i think you know there's definitely a spiritual side of it I, I am a man of faith i believe in god and i believe there's a part of of that journey that's definitely been in the background uh but at the same time there's people that talk like you gotta go do ayahuasca and you gotta do these things and you know don't get me wrong i'm not knocking those things at one point i almost you know considered doing it and there are different aspects of our world that are spiritual 100 percent. i don't think they all have to be accessed at the level that every person has and i don't think everybody even desires to have a certain level of awareness, right? There's almost this this thought that with, with some communities of like, you got to have a certain level of awareness to be able to like, dude, I like my life. I'm aware of my, you know, I'm, I'm able to consciously without a spiritual guide, tell me certain things I got to do. There's ways I can feel moments, see moments. And those navigate differently from, I was having a conversation with um my wife yesterday, my, my daughter, she's, she's growing into a new human. It's a very interesting dynamic. I'm watching her like change her clothes and change her hair and talk differently and i and i catch i catch myself like seriously just looking at her like with like this uh like gross like what are you who are you you're where my little girl at you know mm-hmm. and and i'm realizing that that that's just what no, that's what normal your normal response is right that's just that aspect of that's what dad's doing then i was in church yesterday I, I told my wife that i was in church and I, I don't know what it was but something just made me think like man i want to make sure that i have a good relationship with my daughter mm. and if continuously i keep you know bugging her about her hair and, and how she's doing stuff she's going to feel discomfort for who she is it'll it'll unsettle her sense of comfort and as her identity in our family it'll then make her enter the world a little bit differently and it'll make her have this thought that you know what if the people who love me most can't accept the nuances of me how's the world gonna do that you know and i was realizing i was doing more of just a disadvantage to her than i need to my wife knew it early on she's like stop saying that she just she couldn't communicate it the way that i think i needed to hear it but she she needed to, uh, it needed to be in my head but i had i kind of had to get it my own journey to get there we'll call it and so now it's like all right my daughter needs to know that that she is pretty she can change she can adjust because she's human this is part of life and she always has that stable base at home it's not an easy thing for me i'm not a big fan of what she's doing to be totally honest but that's not the part that's important and so for me i, I that was my like i didn't need ayahuasca i didn't need to take a whole bunch of of medical you know to figure mm-hmm. this piece out. I needed to be just, you know, in my own head and accept that and look at that and, and be able to have some self-awareness, take my my ego back a little bit. So, yeah, you can grow without having to have that. Is that all spiritual? I think there is a part of it that has to go to a higher level of who you want to be and, and kind of what's right and what's wrong and the feeling of it all. But uh, But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to discount that. There is something to it. And I think that it's a matter of whatever your spiritual journey needs to be. It's not the same for everybody else. I think some people will need to do that. Some people just need to go to church. Some people need to have a meditation practice. Some people need to have a spiritual practice. That's non-religious, right? There is a, a, a different part of you at a soul level that I think has to be nourished. And if it's not, then, then the rest of the soul and the body can die.
1: Would you say any, any books change your life? Yeah, man, it's a
0: multitude of books that have given me perspectives. Top one, the three. Early, what is the top three? Top three. The top one. The first one I read was uh, was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly mm-hmm. Effective People. I, you got to yeah. keep in mind. that I came from a space of, the, of being a former NFL linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. personal development was not within my you know, repertoire. It wasn't something we thought about at all. And so when I started looking at this, you know, book, it like starts to help me decode a little bit more of the world around me, like how I talk to people, seek first, understand, then be understood. Right. These little things gave me some perspective. I was like, oh man, there's an opening here. I heard a guy named Stephen, uh, Stephen, um, Harvey McKay He gave a speech and he says, uh, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. I was like, oh, that's very that. interesting, right? And the, and so when I when I f- read that and I heard, heard that guy say that and read that book, kind of combined, I was like, oh, damn, there's a lot out here to start figuring out. So mm-hmm. Stephen Covey was the first one. Um, another one I read was Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. It's a short one. It's about a guy who's in you know he's an internment, is it, yeah, internment, not not internment camps, sorry, but um, you know the concentration camps, and he's you know working on logotherapy, which is a concept of you know psychology and all those kind of things. So kind of getting a feel for all that, uh, and kind of navigating those pitfalls and like what the existential vacuum is and the gaps we have in our life. That was a good one. Uh, the, the four agreements is a good book. There's, I mean, I got a lot of weird books I've read, man. Outliers is a pretty good book. I made my son read outliers, uh, but it's, it's, there's some good books out. there. There's a ton of them. There's a ton. I would say that the, the top one, I would say Stephen Cutter was one of the most transformational ones early on for
1: me. What is the, 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 because I read also the book, one of my first books Stephen Covey, seven habits. Yeah. And what is like the, the the best idea you got from that book? What was it like seek first to, seek to understand first. then as to as well. what is I'm it? You know,
0: start with the end in mind is a good one. I think the seek first, understand, then be understood is my favorite. Because I, I'm consistently as humans, we're consistently in conversation with people all day long. And whether it's a conversation that's, you know, hey, I'm ordering food or it's a conversation uh, with a relationship or with your kids or with career or business, my brain is always tuned into where is this person at? How can I make sure that I communicate my message to them in a way that lets them know I feel or hear or understand them? Because if if they understand that I understand them, what I then say will get them to take the action necessary because they'll actually believe it. So for example, even in our sales conversation with my team, like I'm, I make sure to tell them you've got to make sure when you're done, you repeat back to them everything they just told you because they need to know that you know, right? Because then if you say I recommend this program, they're, they're not going to believe the recommendation if they don't think that you get them. So even in sales, it matters that we understand. If I want to have, you know, someone, one of my kids do something, I'm not a perfect father. But there's certain times I'll explain certain things to why it needs to be done. And then like I get their perspective and then like, okay. So the conversation of do this makes more sense, right? I understand I want to do this. This is annoying, it's fine, but realize this, if you don't do this, maybe this happens, right? So like they get the fact that I get them and I see where they're coming from, but now I lead in with the next thing. I don't always do it as a, as a dad, but that's structurally what you'd understand. There's another one that treat everyone differently by treating them, or sorry, treat everyone the same by treating them all differently. Right? That's one of the things it talks about. So if I have people in my life, they, I, I, I don't parent my kids the same, I don't have colleagues I interact with the same, You know, clients the same, everybody's, they get treated with the same level of respect because I choose to go the extra level to treat them all differently.
1: A 100%, a point and an idea from Stephen, Stephen Covey from his book is mm-hmm. that basically shifted up my whole mindset was, think long-term, the quadrant, you remember the quadrant yeah. one, two, three, four, yeah. and that literally changes your life because a lot of people they think short term what can i do in the next 10 minutes to bring yeah. me as much gratification as possible yeah and that short term hit of dopamine that's what yeah. most, most people look at look for and then they ask themselves why am i not happy mm-hmm. why am i depressed stressed anxious yeah. and and i think that Life is a long-term game. I know you could die tomorrow, get hit by a train, by a car. But if you think about it, we're, we're going to stick here till the age of 90. And life is the longest thing you'll do, man. It's a, it's a long game, but uh, the thing is a lot of people, when they're 90, 95 years old, the three most used words are I could have, I should have. And what if Mm -hmm. and many other words also, but. And all those words that basically yeah. say I could have done this, but that happened that made me stop to do this. So yeah. if you're if you would if you were to project yourself to a 90-year-old Anthony Trucks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what would you say to him? What would you say to that 90 years old Anthony Truck? And what would that 90 years old Anthony Trucks say to you?
0: Say to me right now, he'd be like, Hey man, uh, you gotta invest in uh, in SpaceX. I'm living on Mars, bro. I don't know what he would say. Now he would uh I don't know just yeah, I think the thing for me is I'm I'm living at a good tick like I the last couple like nice month maybe I've been going a little faster than I typically go but uh I don't have aspirations to take over the world in my in the stuff I do I I have a very a, a very dialed in heart and a perspective of what I want for my my kids and what I want for my family and and what I want for me and uh and I think man I think he'd be proud of me to be honest like I don't. I don't do craziness I don't I don't do very much I am enjoy like 90% of the time in my life I uh, I dial in my life to where I'm, I'm choosing family over business I never used to do that like it was always like business business all day long you know for now I got it I think a good tick ratcheted in and uh, and man I think it would be if anything is to say something to be you know keep chasing because I do chase things that, that inspire and intrigue me I, I figure things out. I try things out and I just keep, I keep running. Right. So when I tell people like seek discomfort to figure things out, I do that exact same thing daily. I'm always finding new things and stretching a new stuff. Like I got these two big speeches that are on deck possibly could be signed and they're big. Now I know I have the talent and the skill. I know I do, but there is that little part of me that has discomfort like this could make or break you. You know, if you go in with this large corporation billion dollar corporation and you, and you botch it you could be screwed for the rest of your career because your name's like ah oh, that guy sucks right that exists so there is discomfort there is pain there is fear but if i keep doing that and i keep leaning into it and I keep trying stuff i'm gonna be fine right so the 90-year-old anthony would just say keep chasing man keep doing what you're doing bro
1: keep chasing i love that keep chasing but when we say the word chasing a lot of people they they try to they try to, they talk about their dreams. They say, look, I want to become this. I want to become that. But then when it comes the time to put in the work and to back up and to back up what you talked about, then they don't do it. They don't do it. And Will Smith, he basically said that a fan came up to him. Yo, Will, 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 I want to become just like you, man. I want to become an actor. And then Will said, we'll see, we'll see. Then he hops (laughs) up on Instagram, Instagram story the next day and Mm -hmm. says, look, this guy came up to me, 99% of the people that come up to me and tell me, yo, I want to become an actor. They don't make it because they don't have the self-discipline. They don't have the desire. They don't have the consistency, the persistence, and the yeah. drive to keep pushing every fucking day. Every day. And that's what makes the difference. For you, what makes the difference between a person that succeeds and one that doesn't?
0: I just, I mean, three areas. There's three basic things that this is what i do in my work man the first one is planning no one plans big enough they plan mm-hmm. safely because they if the plan doesn't plan out then they don't have to feel so bad right so nobody plans at a level it's one inch out of control so they don't do that aspiration they also have no idea how to how to create a plan that gives clarity of the next steps they just get it they buy a planner they i got a planner people i got this i went to the store i got a planner and i got some color stuff all right how are you going to plan I'm just going to write some stuff in there. What does that mean? Like no no one has any idea. It's amazing how many people buy planners with no clue how to actually plan. So the first thing is you got to plan. You got to have to, and if the plan changes, that's cool. But at least you have a plan to change, right? So nobody plans. Then the second thing takes place. You just talked about no one executes. I mean, a lot of people plan to consume information, to be able to apply it, to launch my business online and they buy it and they never use it. It's called shelf esteem. I buy it. I put it on the shelf. Oh, I feel good. Never do anything with it, right? So the execution sucks. So there's execution in in absorbing this information, and then what's even worse is the execution to apply it. Ninety-seven percent of people who buy courses do not complete the course. Ninety-seven percent. Ninety-seven percent. The three. An average is a three percent completion rate of courses it boggles my mind i've never i've never not completed one i i weave them into the middle of my like driving to get my kids because i got to get it done but also i am the guy who does that it's an identity level thing which is a different conversation but it's what i work on i want you to become the person who does that and then so when people don't execute they they don't get the result even if it's it's it could be a big thing or a consistent thing but really the execution piece what happens is someone says hey next week i'm going to launch a podcast so they don't give themselves a start date they don't give themselves a process there's no plan that works so by thursday they didn't got nothing done they got distracted and all of a sudden it's like oh, i'll do it next week and then it becomes next month and then it's next year right nothing gets done and so for me it's like yeah you have a plan but do you do the plan that's the problem and then some people start some things and they use willpower it's a lot of willpower i'm draining my soul to get this thing done like I, it's hard to stay focused every day is a drag and so what happens is eventually they, they miss that post that day or they miss the email and they don't do it and then next thing you know it's not done for months and months and months and they wonder why why will nobody hire me as a coach well because you've shown them that they can't trust you you told them you're going to do a podcast every week and you stop doing it so when they start talking about you can get them a result they don't trust you because why should they you broke their trust with the podcast not being posted so there's no consistency and nobody thinks about what consistency does not only does it establish who you are in whatever industry, if it's consistent as an employee at your job and you should get a promotion, consistency in business, and I should keep you know patronizing you and being the I keep going and buying from your business, or if it's the consistency that you must have to learn a skill, apply a skill, and get the outcome. Because most people can't keep doing that and and they're always using willpower. And they use willpower because it's not who they are to do it. And so it's like it's it's like pulling at teeth. Think about fitness, for example. In the beginning when people want to start getting in shape uh most of the people like that. you know let's talk about obese obese people are super heavy it's not who they are they're, they're typically they identify as being heavy so it's not who they are to work out and then eventually you see some people break through and they got these pictures that all of a sudden are them like eating their food and yoga pants and when before they were quiet and tucked away well the difference is they stayed the course so consistently that it didn't just become this thing that was arduous and they hated They found a joy in it. It was who they were so much so that if they didn't catch the workout, they felt funny, it feels, it feels gross. I can't, well, I didn't get my workout. I got to get it in today. Right. And those are the people who succeed because now there's no more willpower being drained. It's ease, it's flow, it's enjoyment. And when I can do the things with joy that you can't do because you hate them. Well, I win and I win with ease because there's not because nobody else is going against it just me and and my joy and so when i can take the course i'll wear you will smith talks about that i will outlast you on a treadmill i i would venture to say that that he's not dying inside as much as you are or i am because you may be dying on the treadmill trying to keep up and eventually your willpower runs out but for him he enjoys the run he's sprinting bro like he's so conditioned it's so who he is we well, just run on that treadmill, got a good stride. He's out there looking like an, like an Ethiopian runner. You know what I mean? Like he'll be getting it. That's why you don't win. It is not because you don't have information. It's not because you're not smart enough. It's not because you don't have the insight. It's, it's all, you have everything you need. The problem is it's not who you are yet to do the things that you hate doing.
1: Like smokers, smokers, most of the time, uh, they want to stop smoking but they identify themselves as smokers. So then yeah, a friend comes by, yo man, you want a cigarette? Yeah, for sure. But when you say, look, I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke. Smoker. Then yeah. that identity shift shifts your behavior, your yeah. habits, your mindset. And I think it's the one of the first steps after acceptance to changing your life, it's changing your identity. And I, can relate to that because it happened with me. I used to yeah. be the kind of kid, the kind I don't know if you can relate, but I was the kind of kid to be the cool kid, the, the, the funny guy that always makes everybody laugh just to yeah. fit in. And mm-hmm. that was my identity. So I acted in, 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 in accordance to that. Yeah. And But yeah. then one day I said to myself, look, I'm not gonna depend on everyone else to define who I am. So then yeah. I changed the, the identity and people look at me now, they say, how the fuck did you change why are you so different why do you talk like that why did you not behave the way you do and yeah. I, I just say it's not me it's not me and what a lot of people they a lot of people say i want to go on a diet i want to go they go on the diet one week two weeks then they get back to the same weight without having changed anything because yeah. they didn't change their identity they didn't change yeah. how they perceive themselves their self-image And for the people coming up, because we're coming up close to new year, new and all that bullshit. And and for the people that are going to be watching this and are going to say to themselves, look, I want to be something new this year. I want to achieve this. I want to lose. I want to build my business, do my YouTube channel what would you say to that person straight off? Like if he wants to achieve his goal, what does he need? If you look him in the face right now, what would you say to that person to <laughs> cut off all the fucking bullshit of yeah. you and me?
0: There's always a bunch of people that that hit me up like, hey, you going big this year? And I tell them, absolutely not. I am not going big ever, but I'm gonna go small in a big way. Mm. You talk about transitioning to be that person and everybody thinks it's going to happen in one fell swoop, one powerful move, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to keep it, and that's never how it works. Look look at the casinos. You can have one win, but if you can't consistently win, your money's going to be back in the casino's pocket. You know, go to roulette, go to blackjack table, go ahead, win the jackpot. You stay there long enough and you're not consistently winning, you're going broke. And so for me, like, I'm not about going big. I'm about going small in a really big way. And what that looks like, like you just talked about is... I got you, I got to get you to figure out what are the things that you got to do that if you did them every day for the next year, you'd get what you wanted. Not what's the one big fell swoop thing. People look too big for that one thing. And it actually, it's almost easier because they figure like, oh, if I just do this and I get done, then I can just, I can ride the wave afterwards. No, you won't ride the wave. The wave will eventually die. Right? So the idea is how to get to the point. And I would tell that person of figuring out what are the things that you need to be able to do that could be hard to do. They may be things that don't feel fun right now. They're, their discomfort comes with it. What are the things that you need to do? And then how can we get to a point of you doing them every day? So disgustingly consistent that you actually love doing it and feel gross if you don't, because when you can do those things, it will change the game. So come January, don't, don't look at like the, what's the one, I'm gonna get back to when I used to work out when I was in college, like it's pointless. What is the thing you need to do? Do you need to go walk every day for an, a mile? Okay, go walk every day for a mile. Do you need to stop eating, uh, you know, desserts every single meal? Stop doing that. What, whatever it is, figure out that one thing. And then what happens, the more you do it, the more it becomes who you are to do it. And it's much easier. And I think you froze.
1: I think, no, it's a hundred percent. good, good, good. Uh, oh, your, yeah, face yeah, yeah.
0: Back. your face was stuck for a second, but your face came
1: <laughs> So I think the, the the new year, new me, If they took it to the word, if they did actually what it meant, new year, new me, new identity, new self image, that would actually change them. But usually for people, new year, new me means I'll go on a diet. I might work out two days. Try something. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Built an excuse.
0: Like Yoda, the whole Yoda statement. I don't even know if Yoda really said it, but there is no try only do. I think he does say it. There is no try only do. So don't tell yourself you're going to try it. Say, I'm going to, I will do this. You know, this is who I am to do this because the moment it becomes who you are, you're going to, we as humans will protect the alignment of who we are as a human. If I'm a great dad, like I'm going to protect that with my actions to stay in alignment inside. If I happen to say I'm a great coach, I'm going to protect that with my actions to stay in alignment inside. So when you say I'm, you know, uh, I'm a CrossFit champion, you know, you're going to protect that with your actions to stay in alignment inside. And people are trying to do things that are outside of who they are. So they can't continue doing it, even if it's a good thing that they can't stay in alignment with it because it's not who they are yet. The moment you get to the point of like accepting, like this isn't something I'm trying to do, but it's something that I am, it's who I am to do this thing. You will protect that by trying to stay in alignment with it. And then it becomes easy. It's consistent and you'll pop up and someone will go, dude, how did you get to this level? Like, I don't know. It's just who I am now, but it isn't hard to do every day it used to be but now i feel gross if i don't and it just i don't know it's a smooth flow and not only do you get to that level you are shooting for you get to access all the levels above you had no idea were there because all you were focused on was this and you were stuck here the moment you climb that that next level you open up and see a brand new world of more pop- possibilities more opportunities but if you're still stuck at a lower level fighting to get through how do i how do i stay consistent with this one simple thing you're, you're losing like you don't even see the game being played just yet
1: did you personally have ha- did you personally have to go through a shift in identity cuz you you've been through uh what the like you've been through rough times yeah and through those rough times a lot of people they they victimize themselves look I'm oh, a man. victim that is man. happening to me that is happening to me I shouldn't have been in that situation but then you're right now a person as I look at you I know that you're happy I know that you're successful I know that you, you provide to the world, you're of service. Mm-hmm. But did did a like a shift, did a shift in identity happen for you?
0: Yeah. I mean multiple it happened all the time, man. There's always a perspective of something new comes in. New success provides a new level of an identity of what you are. It's we're a collection of different things that make us who we are, right? So there's a consistent level of it. The thing is the reactive ones happen right that's that's the world just happening and you figuring out how do i you know navigate this part of the world and you just you just kind of go through it and and what i've found over time is that some people are so deathly afraid of that reactive one that they just they shut down when it happens i embrace those men and then i try to create my own proactive ones i try to find ways to actually venture in on purpose towards something new and something different and the moment we get that thing done and the moment that that works out it's like dude the world opens up, so yeah, I made mound shifts, and I will continue to make them over time. And when the reactive ones happen, cool, I'll navigate them. But I like to set more proactive ones than reactive. I like to create my own discomfort. I want to be in control of the things that piss me off, because then at least I know what's going on and why I'm doing it. And the ones that do take place that happen out of not my plan, like COVID and the world shutting down, I got some skill sets to navigate it, so I'm never too far behind.
1: So, last question, a pretty good question. A lot of people right now. COVID-19 affected their life totally Mm -hmm. standing in their house. They're not comfortable with themselves, staying in a tight space in the rooms, their houses, and just not, not being in the outside world in the outside distractions. Yeah. What is one thing that helps you to cope with stress or anxiety?
0: Yeah. I control what I can control, man. I control the controllables. I can control my morning when i get up i can control what i eat i can control who i talk to i can control the, the way i move my body to get my brain rolling again so i find joy when i find funk right i control that and then when things go wrong i control my response which controls the the outcome past that moment like i get to be the one in the driver's seat and when people feel like a leaf in the wind they i'm just gonna wait to figure out what happened then i'll go do something you, you lose control of your life and it's a very it's a dark place man it's not a place anybody wants to be so for me, when I'm doing these moments, I control what I can control, which is what I choose to proactively do and how I respond in my reactions. Those are the things that keep me sane.
1: A hundred percent. You know what, bro? It was a pleasure, a true too, pleasure man. talking yeah. to you. And the fact is you inspire a lot of people and you personally inspired me. The fact that someone that goes from getting. All those negative things around him, getting affected by them, to then shift his life 180 degrees to someone completely new and that is positively impacting the world is just fucking crazy. Because usually, when people go through trauma, they then unleash that trauma into everybody else. Yeah, it's so yeah, just the complete opposite. You're of service, you're helping people, and you're just positively impacting this world that's the plan. last thing w- where can the people find you where can they find your programs where they where can they personally reach you and just connect with you
0: yeah man the best place is uh, go to instagram if somebody wants some some help with something if any of this resonated go to instagram and dm me the word shift uh, if you do that then it pops up in my my like flow of messages and i can stop and go oh let me hit this this message and talk to this person because they came from somewhere after listening to me so i get a bunch of random messages and stuff but like when i see shift i'm like oh this person listened to me somewhere heard something they wouldn't have a chat about kind of what it is i do and how i can help them
1: a hundred percent bro you know what it was a pleasure i love your story keep fucking motivating inspiring and just giving value to people
0: respect respect the
1: same bro